We have a special guest on tonight's Agile After Dark episode. The man, the myth, the legend. The Dojo OG, if you will. We discuss how Dojo has taken off from the Turgid idea. And we do it all with a sense of humility and calm. Namaste. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams Whitford, sitting here. And with me today, of course, as usual, is my co-host, Brandon Gartley, or like we like to call him... Branson. Branson. Bronson. Yes, it, it Bronson's been missing in the podcast. We've uh you know, we we went to like the Cayman Islands and you know kind of hung out on our yachts and so forth and you know tried different ascots and you know we felt like we need to come back to to the heartland and you know get back to podcasting. The heartland and Sass, who's with us again here in the uh, Apollo 13 studio in the heartland. We have an interesting episode today that we're going to talk about, but before we do that, we're going to introduce our, uh, there's actually, we, we have a we have a crowded capsule here. Yeah, that's true, Brandon. That's true. We we have like we're, we're, Apollo thirteen is more crowded yeah. than ever, and yeah. and that's yeah. that means that we have not just three people. I was gonna say astronauts. That would sound stupid. Uh, three people. We have four people. And who are those people? That's more than three. That is more than three. Who are those people, Brandon? Uh, we have our co-co host, our favorite co-co host. It's us. I mean, sorry, Jess. I know. I'm co 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jessica Gustelis. Hello. Is that how you say her last name? He nailed it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, you know, I was watching the um the what's his name in Italy, you know, show, and I was just like Gustelis. Hey, listen, I'm Sicilian. Bucatine. So we're excited to have Jesse here back again. Just bringing in the new year. A little late, but, you know, hey, we're doing what we're doing. So, Greg, let's get us rolling in here. Okay, so are we going to introduce the other guests that we have? Uh, the fourth I person. I want to make it secret guests, but at the same time, because I'm really excited because we have a. This is a, a secret guest. Yeah, because you know We're you lucky. may re- you may remember him from our first uh, remote podcast where we actually dialed someone in, um, but uh, Regener Tella, who talked to us about pair programming and cross-functional teams. The man, cross-functional the legend. malfunction. He was bringing the noise, and he was like, "Brandon, stop talking about your nerd stuff for half the podcast." <laughs> You know, he was, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to show up in person because Brandon, you need to like cut this nerd stuff out. You know, I, I'm really glad to be here, Brandon. <laughs> you know, I'm always like to be the one to push the envelope. The last yeah. time we were talking about that was your remote, yeah. first, remote first remote. And then one, now yeah. here it can handle four people in yeah. person. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Apollo 13, you know, we made little adjustments, little, little this, little that. Got another mic. Well, it took us a lot to get regender here and now we're happy we've got the most experienced i mean i think you're right uh jessica it's the man the myth the legend soon to be the best selling paperback book potentially I hope I get some royalties on it. <laughs> <laughs> <He> would say that. <laughs> so I the, do the agree. most business-minded developer you've ever met in your life. <laughs> so we we do we do appreciate having you here in person. And I think again we'll have you uh, because you are here in the heartland with us. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Now. But but this is this is this episode is important. Yeah. This one because well, when we get into it, and I'm really anxious to hear how. Uh, Greg uh, gets into our podcast title, but uh, this one's important because 
Rajendra is a unique individual in terms of someone that's been at the forefront of what we're talking about. He's the original. The, he's the OG. Yeah. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Today's episode, Namaste, you nerds. The Dojo Difference. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, it only took 15 no. times. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> We do have to. Namaste, Greg. Glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste in Apollo 13. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So to get us started, uh, I'm going to get a little some of my nerd stuff. Uh, Regender, you're going to have to be patient with me, but it's not going to be nearly as long as what I've done in the past. But because we're talking about dojo, right? And all of us here uh, are fortunate enough to have had some experience with dojo. But I kind of want to give some of like the background in terms of what the dojo concept is, not from a uh, software development side, but where where the concept really comes from. So, and in the Western world, the term dojo, when related to physical activity, is used exclusively for Japanese martial arts such as aikido, judo, karate do, etc. Um, so, the the real part of the concept is it's. I'm sorry, just I just I fell asleep with all that peace talk you were talking about in Zen and all that. So, Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's gonna be like my default for him now. He's gonna get all like riled up and be like, Namaste. He's like, I can't say the word. <laughs> but I think it's really important, uh, you know, Greg and Jess, like the concept of the dojo as a place, the concept of a place to practice, right? Um, so in our world, dojo is getting thrown around a lot right now. And, and I think it's a good thing, right? Because concept wise, it's really good, but the, well, the word is being thrown a lot, yeah, 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 a lot yeah. right? It's exactly. not necessarily the the concept is being experimented with. It's the word, and the word gets right. confused with studio or right. And really, what what gets confusing is people think intense immersive training right. is a dojo, and dojo is not immersive training. That's not what it is. Right. Well, and I, because we're very fortunate to have Regina here because he is actually one of the very few people that have started a dojo, an agile dojo slash CD slash DevOps slash, you know, you name it. But I kind of want to hear the story from Regender from at a client, a big, large financial services client, which you would never think would be a place where a concept of a dojo would take place. Kind of a grew out of a general concept. So, I mean, well, it's not even a good general concept in, in Regender. I'm not going to speak to you as you were doing it. And as we started together at this particular company, we saw it be inspired by uh, the the target model, which a lot of people know, mm-hmm. which is kind of yep. more of a training based thing. Yeah. But then I think you were in, inspirational in kind of building it into a different thing, which included more of an agile approach to it. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, like you were saying, Brandon, I I feel like I was in the right place with the right idea, with the right set of people right. Right, at the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole idea started from Target. You know, some of the folks that I was working at, it's like, hey, we learned about this Target model, and we're trying to figure this out. How do we make this happen? We really like this. How do we make this happen for us? And we were, you know, looking at it, and how do we make it happen? And uh, you remember, you know, Visio, Microsoft Visio has yeah. this feature called Reverse Engineer. Yeah. Like, literally, like, you could, like, point it to a database, and it could read the database and reverse engineer a schema diagram for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And this was almost like 
looking at the model and then trying to reverse engineer and then figuring it out how to do it for the client. Visio does that? Visio does that. Yeah. It, there's a thing called reverse engineer. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, you know, I just want to point out that it was, uh, wh- wh- what was it, Connie? Wh- what was the company that had the... Well, I believe it was the Terragut. Did the Terragut? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I just want to make sure that... You know, <laughs> We were, yeah, we're, we're all real we were proud there. of the Terragut. <laughs> they really like. I bet they have a lot of Starbucks while they were working on that first dojo there at the Terragut. <laughs> <laughs> so we took the idea and then we put together. Okay, let's. It, so it started with a, a spreadsheet, right? It's like a bunch of nerds sitting in a room and saying, "Okay, let's look at this and say, what does this hypersprint look like?" Okay, we're talking about. Hypersprint. Okay, let's talk about that really. Uh-huh. Let's see, hypersprint. Not maybe our listeners are semi-educated. Well, we mm-hmm. may have come up. We may have made that up. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of like I wanted to the the kind of the 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 root cause of that, which is important, but kind of what that really is too. I want to make sure that we. Yeah. So what it is is you have you know in a typical Scrum implementation you have you know Scrum guide says a, a sprint or iteration is anywhere from two to four weeks. Right. So we are trying to see if we can condense that into a two and a half day. Right? Why two and a half days? What was the thought process behind that? So, you know, we wanted to do as short we could. We were trying to float around, like, could we go shorter than that? It's, then it's going to be too much of, like, overhead to go beyond. And we okay. felt like the two and a half day was a sweet, sweet spot. Okay. You know, just enough, but not too much. Because then it w- you basically can fit... Four sprints in a normal two week sprint. Right. Yeah. But but why why so what what's compelling about moving to two and a half day outside of just the abstract? We want to try to get more done. So so my question is a leading question, which is, was it because it made the team work more efficiently? Because in two and a half days, the team it forces the team to work together more efficiently because in two and a half days you have to get something done and so you have to have the product owner and the all the way to, to the, the quality test people working together to solve those problems in two and a half days is it that or is it something else there you go that's it so you know when we work with agile teams the biggest problem that they run into is how do we break problems into smaller chunks so two and a half days forces them to breaking into smaller problems that they could do it and then deliver it in two and a half days and then get the feedback on it, right? right. It's the shortest feedback cycle. And I think you're right about the two and a half days. Now, Jessica, as a practitioner in the dojo, I'd be really interested to hear about how you're, because you've got a past with working in a more of a product management, digital world where you can release products but, very quickly. But you were also shortening up like PIs and stuff to that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, mu- we had much shorter PIs, so we had four week, it was four week P, um, PI increments, mm-hmm. and our sprints were actually still two weeks. Which, looking mm. back, I, you know, now I'm like, oh man, we sh- we should have played with that a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you break it up into those smaller pieces, then you actually get to deliver those sm- those incrementally faster and and more effectively, and you can get the fast p- feedback that you're looking for um, from your actual customers. But what was you your like it. emotional response when you thought two and a half days? Are you kidding me? 
Uh, there's there's no way. Because when I first heard, I was like, no way. There's no way. Because you have to get all of that stuff in, right? You have to get all of the all of the ceremonies in and the purpose behind and actually draw the value out of those ceremonies in the two and a half days. And I was I was skeptical when I came in. And teams are not terrified, but slightly terrified and and very concerned about how it'll work. And I honestly don't think that this concept of hyper sprints could really be truly effective if the tooling from a DevOps and a CD perspective hadn't gotten to a point where we can actually get to the different levels of what we would call definition of done, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. gender, right? That, that's a great point. And, and let me step back because it all started with the spreadsheet and I'm looking at what the hyper sprints look like, right? And then, okay, we looked at, and then we want to do hyper sprint. 12 hyper sprints in six weeks. And and then Target was doing, it was so flex, four weeks, very loose. And we said, we got to, we got to settle on a thing. And then we said, six weeks is this, the time frame. And there's science behind it. Mm-hmm. It's changing you know, the habits, right? Changing the habits yeah, 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 yeah. for adults. Mm-hmm. In adults mm-hmm. learning in an immersive environment, you got to give them some time where they can learn and practice and the reputation, build the muscle memory around it. Mm-hmm. So, we landed on six weeks and a two and a half day sprints. And then the biggest struggle was, oh, we need we need to get a full-time agile coach and a tech coach for to work with the team. And I spent two weeks arguing with, uh, with the, my counterparts on convincing them uh, about getting a full-time agile coach and a tech coach, which is goes back to your point, Brandon, about you know, focus on the DevOps. But mm-hmm. you know, the argument was, oh, we gotta get an agile coach who could coach three teams at a time. Right. So we said, no, we got to get a full time agile coach and a tech coach. And then I win that argument after two weeks of convincing. And then we finally launched with a team. And you got to remember, again, we had no idea <laughs> where we were going to go with this. Right. right? So we, we reverse engineered this. We had this model. And then we, had, we got lucky to pick the right team. Well, did you get lucky, though? Because I think there was, you had a sponsor, right, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, you guys put this together, together, right? Yeah, well, we, what we, what I think the, the, the company that we were working with who had the foresight, which you wouldn't expect this sort of financial services company to have, which was, they had an architect, a senior architect who had division and was able to push to get this vision instilled. So essentially you got a team that you knew you could build success with early so you could show that success so you could build on that right and you had the the physical location that you could provide which was really just a training Mm -hmm. room that wasn't that sophisticated right and then you just built a model from there and you just moved forward right it all started with one team who was willing to open and then be the the team that can learn with us right one Mm -hmm. team one room that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And once we got the people who were on board on this, within two weeks, we got the, the feedback from the team was so amazing. And mm. everybody's like, oh, we got to get more space now. We, this is this got some legs to it. We have to. And there was a brand around it, too. Mm-hmm. I know we're not going on script here, but I mean, there, there was a brand put around it, too, because it then became a thing. Dojo is a thing that you want to be a part of and so it drew people in to it versus 
making people go through a training exercise or a certification exercise. Yeah, people wanted to be a part of it, right, Jessica? Yeah, and and they and I I feel very lucky to be sitting here with you, Regener, because like it started with like it's like legendary, Namaste. right? It's like, yeah, it, but it's it's like you know it started with one team, one room. Like I'm I've got chills, but now I mean like people are people are asking like how do we how do we get ourselves at the top of the priority list? Cause there's a, you know, there's a list two years long of people trying to get into the dojo because it's, it's been so successful and how many, I mean, we've got what we can take a, a ton of teams now. Yeah. Um, and, right. and that's, th- that's something that you guys built. So it's cool to, and I think to, to rewind a little bit, because if you're thinking from the beginning, right. Um, from an agile perspective, it'd be very easy to say, okay, so we have a team that we're going to identify that needs some help and we're going to throw an agile coach at that so that we could just have like a team level coach that can go there, spend some time with them. We're not going to have a specific time period. We're not going to have a specific framework to like experiment because that's my mm-hmm. understanding is from the two and a half days. Right. That's a key component of that, right? But then also having the tech coach as well because it's kind of what we were just talking about earlier, which is I could – break my work down to a task level in two and a half days. Most teams are like, we can, you, you never break our work down in two and a half days. Yes, you can. Just like that's, yes, mm-hmm. you can. You absolutely can. You're doing tasks on stories. You can break it at a task level. However, it can be a very easily an adjusted waterfall. A scrum fall is what uh, they call scrum it. scrum fall, what it's like, I can just break my work down and I can then do this in two and a half days and I'm do the next part of it and that's going to be like two and a half days. The, the, Continuous integration and continuous deployment and delivery part of it is saying, hey, me as a person that's doing any code, I can do this small piece and then I'm going to put it back into the branch, like the whole branching strategy, all that kind of. And we have teams that we've worked with in our different, whether it's, you know, with the dojo or where else, this concept of that, it's not just the tooling. Why, why do we do those things? Right? It's quality. Because Greg says all the time, the team owns quality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And so if we have people working on these smaller things, A, number one, what do they always say? When you have your first retrospective with a dojo team, they said, we feel so focused. We are not having to deal with, we're just two and a half days, we're focused, we're dealing with what we're dealing with. But they're able to then promote their things into the automated world. Right. But is it true in the dojo, they don't really start out. So this is an important thing too. Like they don't start out. Some teams are at different levels of that. Is that correct? Yeah. No, I also want to add one more thing. Mm. They feel pretty comfortable trying out this two and a half days Mm. because they're also coming to a, an offsite. Yeah, right? that's a really, away from that's exactly the, the, my nerd thing is like literally is a, a place to practice. Right. right? It's it, they feel a lot more safe. It's it's a safe place to try new things. It's it's painful going through the transition from a two week cycle or a month cycle right. to going to two and a half days. But they're in a, a safe place with the support of a full time tech coach mm-hmm. and an agile coach. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know that so the, I. W- w- we can edit this later, but I, I want this is really important because I, I never thought about it the way you just stated it. I can st- when 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 I talk about this or think about it, um, I think about that moving that place is really just about breaking habits. But what you just said was interesting because it's not about just breaking habits it's about it's about being in a safe place yeah. to experiment. Now, the other safe. 
real well, actual safe. Well, but I'm going to come back to that because <laughs> let's say you're in a safe environment, which I think we all know what that means, and you have to go back into that environment. And mm-hmm. so it, it's interesting, the intro, the introduction of a team in and then how you move them out of this safe space, which is what caused them to be comfortable with this. How, how does a team deal with that? two and a half day sprint with every other part of their organization. If you're like involved in like 20 teams or something, how do they, everybody's on a two week cadence. How do, how do they do deal with a two and a half week or two and a half day sprint? Like it's so after going through this journey of two and a half days and they become a lot more confident about who they are and they become courageous about trying new things so when they go out from the dojo, they become the change agents in the environment they go, right? So you could watch them, you know, wherever they go, you could tell, oh, that's the team went to dojo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 You can see them anytime you've well, ever seen I don't, a Well, I mean, team. Jess, I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean, do, do you f- – so I have, one, I have one story where the team went to dojo. They didn't want to go to the dojo. They were, they were literally – frightened like they were afraid to come in and we worked with them to say no you should do this and then they a simple stupid thing that they went across the street because there was no good coffee in the building (laughs) they went across the street every morning at 10 o'clock and got coffee together as a team and they still i just literally saw them yesterday down as a team getting coffee that's like like do you see that kind of behavior in the teams when you're you know Absolutely, and it's and it's fun to watch because removing them from the from the from their where they f- where they feel comfortable but not necessarily safe, mm-hmm. right? And moving them into something that where where we're telling you you're you're protected, you're allowed to experiment. We we're interested in what you want to try, and we're we're going to be fascinated by your failures, and we're going to learn from them. Um, it does. It makes them really courageous, and it bonds them together as a team. It's an experience that you go through together, and so you've got your muscle memory, and you've got all of those things. Mm-hmm. But you also have this uh, this experience that you went to through as as a group. And anybody who's kind of been through that, whether it's on a sports team um, or you know you've been yeah. on a trip somewhere, or you've right. gone through something hard but interesting, you 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 have a bond with those people in a way that you didn't before. And that's part of what's what makes a really high performing team. We've been talking about the space. We were talking about like somewhere different than where you know, we normally are. But what is that? It's not just a conference room, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's gone beyond that, obviously. But the initial idea of the one team, one room was that I kind of I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to understand kind of what does that environment look like? What is that when someone steps into that environment as a team member? What does that actually look like? Yeah. But by the way, it's it's not one team, one room anymore. Right. Okay. The one room turned into a building. <laughs> you could walk around the building and it's it's no room. Yeah. The one of those left. buildings doesn't have any windows, but, you know, we'll, we'll skip past that. Right. <laughs> So no, it's not padded. Uh, Let's just start with that. <laughs> so, uh, so the environment is very energetic, right? Yeah. You have when you go in there, you could feel the energy mm. in the room. Mm-hmm. People are a lot more collaborative, mm-hmm. and the space is their space. If you look at one room space versus the other room, they don't look alike. No, and okay. there's a lot of thought that goes into 
each team and what what they're made up of, what they're doing, what they're looking to get out of the dojo, um, the areas that, that the coaches identify that, that could be of assistance to them. Before they even step foot in the dojo, there's a lot of pre-work that goes into it. And, and we really so think customized. about the way that the is space is absolutely for okay. each for each team, the, the whole building mm-hmm. gets customized mm. to by room, by team, to make sure that, that they're set up in a way that, that's hopefully going to be the most successful for well, them. Well, we want to make it make it home for them yeah. for six weeks, right? Uh, it's not so we have, we talked about the energy mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, it, the, the concept of dojo is all about, you know, bringing the transparency into the team, right? Sure. You see the big visible, visible information radiators, mm-hmm. right? All their right. work you're is You're visib- talking about meow, 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 radiators, meow, meow, meow. What does that mean? It's it's okay, just like how you have a Apollo thirteen walls <laughs> here. Right? Talk about you know, think about a whiteboard with okay. a bunch of items that the team is working on. Okay. Right. All right. So so you so we're we're getting away from, you know, I have this particular tool, so I'm doing agile. Yes, yeah. Because no one knows who is working on what to start with. Okay. Right. Right. So when you put that information out on a whiteboard, mm-hmm. That's the first step is to bring visibility into the team work. So the work right? that the work that the team is doing is right in front of everyone, right, in a prominent spot inside the building slash room. Right. Okay. So you have there, you know, what the current work that they're working on and what's the upcoming work. We mm-hmm. call them backlog yeah, yeah, yeah. in a nerd way. Yeah. Um, and then Namaste, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so we also yeah, have, perfect. you know, the teams <laughs> talk about their motivational stuff, right? You know, we have teams, almost every team has now has a a logo Mm -hmm. and a name Mm -hmm. and a bunch of pictures that go around with it. We have the team charters are up so that everybody knows what the team's goals are for the dojo. So let's talk about that real quick because I think that's important. I've seen it and I've heard it called like for the coach's North Star, if you will. Right, so kind of what what is the whole charting lame. process? Yeah, you know, Greg's like lame consulting term. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mm. North Star, <laughs> North Star. <laughs> if you were around, a, yeah, you were in these sales meetings, yeah. you would not. You would agree. It with depends me. on the North Star. Is the, the consulting word that would probably be used? Yeah. All right. So we were talking about the charter. Virginia's <laughs> <laughs> bringing us back, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's Lando. <laughs> so you know the dojo is a team experience. Okay. So it's right. not a, it's not a cookie cutter where you put a team into it and then you know they go through a, a standard procedure. Right. So it's not a training. It, it's not a training. So I'm not coming in there and saying like. But there is a framework around it, right? Mm-hmm. And which makes it scalable because the problem is like when, when you're talking about I, uh, the irony that I think is that the, the building you're talking about specifically was a training center. And the fact that you've transformed this training center into this place where there are all these teams with all their different identities and all their different things is a pretty amazing thing. So how do you scale it if every team has a different like purpose, a different me- – like how, how do you scale it? Like how does that work? So it's, it's interesting that you are getting into scaling. Is So as we started with one team, one room, mm-hmm. started as one team, and then once we got – the attention, like how do we scale? And then first thing we said, oh, we need to scale this. We need to have 
the coaches, right? It's because it's a full-time job for an agile coach and a tech coach per team. So if you were to have two teams, that means you have to have a pair of coaches for mm -hmm. each team, mm -hmm. right? So we said, okay, could we try and have a pair of coaches observe a, s a team when they are in the dojo with another, the, the resident so like coaches? Pair programming, for that, for sort of, right? Pair, for the six yeah. Weeks, okay. yeah. Right. So we said, okay, let's do that. And, and, and then they become independent after that cycle. And then the one team becomes two teams. And then you have a pair, two pairs observing and learning from uh, the, the two set of coaches that who are in the dojo. And then the two becomes four. And then you add on another pair and of then coaches. And they become eight. And then it, it goes yeah. to a certain point, right? And then we, probably at a point there's some diminishing return. Yeah, we, we thought it, for, for this engagement, we landed around eight. That was our speed mm -hmm. spot. Mm -hmm. We scaled up to eight. And then... For that location, it was just enough. Now we are in the range of eight to ten teams, mm -hmm. um, and then we also need to have some some slack in terms of coaching capacity. If if Jess were to go on a vacation to Thailand, yeah. what? <laughs> right? Wait yeah. a second, yeah. another Hello. one? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> How long was that anyway? It seemed right. like you were gone forever. <laughs> so I want to kind of like you know take us into the break i think there's yeah. a lot of good kind of conversation about kind of the structure and the thought process and how it all fits together uh, but as we go into our break i would like to thank our latest sponsor which is mvp mvp why not use a word that makes everyone think of the best for something that is meant to be less who would be confused when the m normally means most and in agile it means minimal mvp a valuable agile idea that has major problems all right see you guys after the break Okay, so I do this over again. Okay, namaste. Namaste, you nerds. So, okay, so I gotta like, all right, so I gotta make a distinction here. Namaste. Can white people say this in like? Oh, they say it all the effing time. Well, they're a bunch of losers. Yoga, man. To do it to be in a yoga business, you have to have like the own. But yep. they don't do that. They don't live their life that way. It's like Sharma uh, going to India. Wait, like he goes to India every three or four months because he actually does a retreat. A meditation retreat. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, yeah. I respect that. And I'm just, yeah. I mean, we're joking around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like for people to just, I think it's total. Well, anyway, so. I'll still see. take practice, not perfection when you're right. in your yoga okay, practice. Right, and you can right. bring that into your regular right. life. Okay, you're for right. For those of us you're who right. have a problem you're with right. that. You're right. You're right. You're right. What's up, Sass? Speaking of namaste, <laughs> speaking of namaste. <laughs> okay. You know, the Heartland closes down fairly early, not too not yeah, as but early we're as after you dark, think, but it's pretty way. after dark for the Heartland. So I have switched up. For the first time, yeah, I'm sure. now drinking a vodka cranberry drink as opposed to my usual Maker's Mark. And Regender is... I am filling in for you tonight with Maker's Mark. But it was on the rocks. 
Oh, on the rocks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I do my neat, but that's all right. Mm, You're not listening. I'm of getting man. there. Close there. <laughs> Maybe another few years I'll get there. <laughs> all right, just don't take this. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm doing the cranberry drink. Too, which you know, if you go to Departed, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what I was thinking right when you right when you said that, and then I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I can so go I'm there. Just gonna, I'm just gonna. But leave here's that my thing. There. I'm just proud of you for not drinking your blue Powerade vodka. Remember that? Trying not what to get podcast like, was I'm, that on? It I'm was commenting, the worst. Like, I think that was I'm, the end of the year one that still has yet to be. Uh, uh, yeah. That's still in your system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. never made it. <laughs> and. and and we have an extra guest. Oh, yes. what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hey, guys. He's back. Steve and he's back. he's back. <laughs> I'm having a rum and coke. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And what, what Jess, are you drinking? You never said. Oh, vodka water. Vodka water. Vodka. No, I just don't in understand. In a coffee cup. In a yes, cup. In oh, a, yeah. You well, have to tell me. It's my to-go cup. From yeah. my go from cup. my place. It's a Chicago it's a Some people call that alcoholism. I'm not sure. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> By the way, this podcast would be nothing without her. Like the, the minute we added Jessica, it became immensely no no, no offense, Steve. It became immensely more interesting. No one when wants we to hear added or Jessica. Thrown on with a guest. No, oh, it's like the worst That's idea right. in the world. All right. So as we come back from the break, you know, I kind of want to talk about you know the things that we're talking about with the dojo is that you know how can you teach uh an old dog new tricks right how can that actually happen and like we have some dog lovers here right um just a little bit or or in french by the way is the I can't right now. <laughs> Namaste. Which the, the rough Namaste. Rough, but the, the, the rough translation of that is you can't teach an old monkey how to pull a funny face. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, is the, that is the French okay. version. I literally don't know what to do at this point. I don't know what to say. I'm I have sorry. no comment. I don't know. Where do, you got that from? How, how that do I is work that phrase into my regular vocabulary? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I love the French. Um, but <laughs> I've lost vision in my right but, eye. But I don't know. You can't teach an old monkey how to pull a funny face. I can't. Because, okay. <laughs> You're going to really persist with this thing? <laughs> You're going to try to finish this. Okay, go ahead. So recent Let's see how it goes. shows that the brain does continue to change over the course of our lives. Um, they form connection with new cells. It's not just the nerve cells that shift and changes. We learn other brain cells like kind of get into the act. So like, this whole concept of you, you know, you can't teach a monkey how to pull a funny face. You're still doing it. Not true. No, what is the monkey thing? <laughs> and it sounds distinctly racist. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, says the guy that says monkeys on a keyboard in a previous podcast. I'm just putting that out there. Someone said oh, we're monkeys on goodness. a keyboard. And I was like, that was amazing. Do I edit that out or do I not edit that out? So. Anyways, so, so maybe we're we are drunk in history. I don't know. <laughs> so let's go back actually, because we are talking about immersive learning, yeah, right? Yeah, and that, yeah. and that right. actually, this is we this is serious. a really really interesting concept, right? Because because because. The, and and we're talking about dojo, right. and so we talk about physically removing teams, a, a development team or program team sometimes, physically removing them, putting them in, in a new environment, and involving them in immersive learning, and 
and we talked about dojo being a physical act at the beginning, right? Yeah. It's a physical yeah. act of, kind of, of doing something, space. right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's doing. Um, there's also an element of playing. We talked about kind of the environment. We set up, there's games, and we make it a, mm-hmm. enjoyable. Hopefully, sometimes forced family fun. Yeah, but, forced fun but, is always good. But yeah. it, it helps. And repetition. And those are the things that, that really help the dojo be successful. And, um, you know, there's, in terms of, a, from a training perspective, um, just like when I was thinking about this, when we were talking about immersive learning, there's the forgetting curve, right? Mm. Within one hour, you lose 50% of whatever it is that you were just taught. Within 24 hours, you lose 70%. Nerd. Within one month, you lose 90%. Hey, listen, I did not involve any monkeys. So <laughs> Exactly. I'm actually more it's interested there. in is, tracking but, with you, Jessica. And so, and so doing immersive learning actually gives you it, it, it gives you repetition and, then, and, and practice and the muscle memory. And the other thing about this, about the dojo, and the interesting thing about it is that this isn't just immersive learning in, like a, in throwing out different scenarios in which you may or may not be involved, but you, you're doing your actual work as, you're, as you move through the dojo. And so you get, you, you, you get both the skill and the will. Right. So the skill is the the muscle memory, the practice, the sprint zero. We do some, you know, there's some training and some education around um, or level setting, level setting. Right. Yeah. Just fight, making sure that we're all jumping from the same platform. Like this is where we're, we're at. Right. We're using the same language. Um, the repetition of the two and a half days. Um, so that's the skill part of it, the practice part of it. And the will part of it is like the behavioral um, shift, the mental shift. In, in what you're doing. And and that comes from, um, I think, partly continuing to do your own work because that allows your natural day-to-day tendencies to come out, your, your work behaviors to come out, and it gives you the opportunity to inspect those behaviors, decide if they're good or if, they're, if there's something better that you could be doing in a hyper, in a, in a very quick way. So you're doing, you get... You get the behaviors to come to manifest themselves very quickly, and you get to inspect them and experiment with them and see if there's other things that you could be doing that's that's better. Yeah, so right? kind of along the lines of our sponsor was MVP, right? This concept of what that actually means, like another word that or phrase that's thrown out there is like this whole fail fast thing, right? Let's fail hmm. fast, right? So. Let's just talk about MVP means certain things to someone in terms of it's like most valuable player, right? It's like it's, it's a good thing. It's like it's a it's a gold plated idea of something, right? And the fail fast is like you put fail in front of anything in front of a client. To your point, where it's like trying, doing different things. I, I hear fail fast even with a dojo concept, and I kind of wonder is that really the messaging that we want to go with? Yeah. Well, so you talked about the experience being the most effective way to learn. So do you have any numbers around like learning through failing is even more powerful than learning through experiences? I don't have any numbers on that. No, but I find, I mean, you're nerds. You're disappointed. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> that's it, fair. If she says it in French, then you're going to actually pay attention. So listen, there's these monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what, that's, that's, that's what we do in the two there and a half days. There are, there are actually, okay, I'm going to pull up thing. There actually are the studies in terms of uh, trying things and failing them and like learning from them is better than 
repetition and just doing things that are out there and being said. Like We've seen this, yeah, like yeah. you know, the hundreds of teams that have been through dojo. Mm -hmm. The the hyper sprints is a way to like encourage them to try new things, and then f fail fast. You know, it's it's two and a half days, right? And inspect it. Right, and then learn from it, yes. and then try another version in the next hyper sprint. Right, it's, you just iterate. On I've what seen it, it like. Doing. You know, going through this experience, I've learned that I don't have the numbers, you nerds, that <laughs> it's, I think, you know, learning from the mistakes is a lot more influential and effective than learning from the positive experience. It's the experience, right? It's the personal experience that, that connects you. And, and that's, that's actually where you start to learn and grow. Is It's not, I've heard about this story about somebody else, what, but it's, the, it's that the personal, personal connection into, into what that looks like. So this like. is the hyper thing, like the whole hyper sprint concept of it's two and a half days. And I th what I've heard that's been very beneficial in terms of, I think it's more uh, experimenting than the failing concept, right? It's more of like, how do we do something a little different? And you give them the comfort zone of, you experiment with something for two and a half days. What's the real What's sunk cost? You, you're not risking everything. Right. But you have the opportunity to try something. Right. And and then the opportunity to look at place. it. In a safe place. In a safe place. In a new environment. Yeah. With the support from an agile coach mm -hmm. and a tech coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm interested to, from you guys from a, from a dojo perspective in terms of, you know, providing that space, providing that opportunity and so forth. Are there times where you want to be more prescriptive in what you're doing because you have your in like the the North Star like you know concept of the charter where you want to push people in a certain way, but at the same time, as as coaches that are dealing in this like safe environment, is there an opportunity to be more prescriptive in certain ways, or are there opportunities where you kind of like we want them to experiment and learn from quote unquote failures? <coughs> I like to think it of not so prescriptive, but some core elements of the dojo, okay. right? There are certain things that are non-negotiable. Like, if you want to come to uh, a dojo, there are certain things that you, you cannot. It's our house, our rules a little bit in right. terms of there are certain things. Right. So you I'm have to come Steve to... a fist bump right now because our house, our rules. <laughs> so you, you <laughs> have to come to our place. You have to follow hyper sprints and you have to willing to try new things and part of that is because it is scary i mean you talk about two and a half days sprints you talk about doing all this stuff like we want you to get out of your comfort zone that's that's part of it because you because we're going to help you grow is by it just by a part of it i mean I, I wonder if it is a core piece of what you're actually trying to accomplish yeah okay yeah it's and experimentation and growth through learning also you know you have these coaches who will push you and challenge you, right? Mm -hmm. Not so much prescriptive, right? When was the last time you remember a no, coach? That's, what I'm asking. that's who why I asked that specific question is because I think it from the the agile perspective, which most of our learners understand that. It's like, oh, we'll we'll try and do a ceremony a little different this way, or we'll you're gonna have these questions about how you break up your work, so forth and so forth. But as a technical person, Rajender, I'm actually very curious from your perspective, from whether it's a CD or it's pivotal cloud foundry or any sort of technical side of it do you have to be a certain level of prescriptive to say you need to actually accomplish these particular things or you're kind of like hey 
let's try this and see where that works for you in terms of your work. So, so let me also clarify. When you say prescriptive, you're saying there's a certain set of skills that you have to have coming into dojo to be able to execute on what the dojo's mission is, which is what we've just been talking about. Is that the question that you're asking? It is and it isn't. So that that's a that's the kind of like the beginning piece of it, Greg. So yes. So let let's have you kind of respond to that, and then I'll do a follow up. Well, no. So so essentially, the 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 dojo, as we've described up to this point, is not about intensive training, mm-hmm. right? It's about creating business capacity by building teams, by building high capacity teams, and so, but they have to have a skill set coming into dojo. And so that is a different thing than saying, oh, Dojo is because the tar- we talked about the target model early in the earlier in the model, which was really about CDCI, which is good. It's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that model. But what our version of this is really building teams. And so the teams have to come with the skill set to be able to execute on their work that's already in the backlog, as we understand it from an agile perspective. And that's kind of where I'm getting at is that there's two different kind of conversations going on because a lot of people are confusing dojo with intensive or immersive training right. versus creating teams. I think that's where Brandon was that's, that's going. I was trying to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, but with a, a focus on the, the technical side of it, because I think most of our listeners from an agile perspective, they kind of understand the hypersprints. They understand the failing fast. They understand, you know, we've had an opportunity to work on your actual work, immersive learning and so forth. But from a technical standpoint, I think there's a there's some nuances there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? no, that's a great point. You could, you you could very well break down the work into smaller chunks and develop product in smaller mm-hmm. chunks. Mm-hmm. But w- if you can't deliver it, if you don't have a pipeline that can that the work flows through, yeah. it's you gonna just pile yeah, up. It's just a the waterfall, right? Right, we we had the problem back in the day where we didn't have the pipelines, we didn't have the CI/CD, Steve, right, mm-hmm. and CD, <laughs> right, uh, where we didn't have that. Where we get at the end of the two week sprints, and we'd done a lot of development work, and then okay, so now our next two week sprint is where we're going to test all that manually. Mm-hmm. That was a common thing, and like that was just that was the world that we lived in, right? And it's changed rapidly based on, and as as Steve is always good, and from the CI/CD standpoint is. It's not a. It's not just a tooling perspective. It's like how do we really look at what? How are we looking at what's done? You know, we we we. One of the things that I know in the dojo that you guys emphasize is what's definition of ready, what's definition of done, right? And definition of done. If you don't have that sort of pipeline and, and tooling that's there, definition of done can be just like adjusted waterfall. It's limited. It's limited. It's very limited. Right. But from a technical standpoint, is it just the opportunity to look at the CI/CD? Because that's obviously a very important part of it. Because like you have two and a half days, you have to get something out to a certain level environment. Right. But is there other opportunities in terms of so well less being about the, the agile focus and more of the technical focus? Right? Think of it as a framework. Okay. Uh, I, because now that we have seen it evolve in the last two and a half years, mm-hmm. where it started from one room. One team one from room, yeah. one yeah. building. Still getting chills at that. Right. Um, now, we have seen, you know, I think of it as a framework that can apply to many disciplines. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we have had product teams come through. We have had portfolio teams come through. 
right? We have, you know, we started as a CICD initiative, right? And you have the now, train that's come through recently, right? W- so and you we guys have really did some radical stuff with them. Yeah, so we had we had a capacity now that we can take in one location, take ten teams into Dojo, mm-hmm. and then we welcomed a, a, a scaled agile framework implementation, what they call it, a train, mm-hmm. um, as a virtual organization that aligned in towards a common goal. So we have had a whole train come in. So it can apply to a variety of discipline. And you know, you you talked about CICD, yeah. but that's only one tooling aspect of it, right? Yeah. And uh, then comes different tech stacks, right? Talk about, mm. you know, the tooling for Java is different than tooling for .NET or Ruby and Rails or the mobile stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Ruby so on it Rails. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah. it, so you got to Ru- figure Ruby out. Ruby on Rails, Greg. Is that is that in French? That's how you the say? French version, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like when my, my husband my, my, my husband actually speaks Spanish really well, but then when he doesn't know a word, like, Portolini. Ah. Yes, when he Portolini. doesn't know a word in the middle of it, he's yeah. like, "Enga, you know, you know the word." I'm like, "Babe, you speak English." <laughs> anyway, sorry. All right. Sorry. Sorry. So it's we so were talking nice about Ruby and Rails. Thanks, yeah. Greg. Um, <laughs> so we could make it work for different tech stacks. And different toolings too, right? I mean, Say mainframe teams <coughs> coming through that that's w- right. that are helped yep. the, yeah, that that's right. yeah. that learn new ways of doing things. Right? right. So if you 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 have a mainframe experts to help coach the team, right? And then you know if you are moving to AWS, for instance, yeah. Amazon mm-hmm. Web Services, you could you could tailor your dojo experience to focus on those technical aspects okay. while working on the backlog for the team. Mm-hmm. And we also had the teams now, we're talking to several clients mm-hmm. about, you know, targeting towards Pivotal Cloud Foundry, mm-hmm. right? Very so, popular, yeah. you know, they, the teams now, the way they do, go off-site and go through this learning experience focused on just the Pivotal Cloud Foundry, but we are trying to see if this can be in a dojo model. Right? Yeah, yeah. You focus on the team, right. building the team while learning the Pivotal Cloud Foundry and also like replatforming, modernizing their application, the whole thing in a dojo way. Yeah, and I think that that's a really interesting concept in terms of a, a, a team because you may have a client that's like, this is our team, this is our PCF team, or this is our mainframe team, or this is our infrastructure team, right? What I thought is very interesting from a dojo perspective is when you have people that are coming in to do transformation, I kind of like this is what we're going to get into after the break is to say, what does that actually mean in terms of from a dojo perspective, forcing them to look at things differently? Yes. Right. Encouraging them and encouraging them to basically say, you know, here's here's an opportunity for you to, to, to basically say what you're getting out of, like, whether it's discovery or whatever, some like. Coaching people coming in saying, you're not product-based, you're not this, you're not that. Hey, how can we use Dojo to experiment, right? And how can we make that happen? So I'm going to take us to a break as a result of that. Awesome conversations. And uh, if you have uh, feedback for Agile After Dark, it's feedback at agileafterdark.com. And we'll see you after the break. Cheers. Namaste. Namaste, you nerds.
um, Steve came over, noticed that, was making fun of him. That was like one week. We did not. This daylight savings, I didn't David's, like adjust my. Nope. It was my the next clock. day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clocks, clocks weren't changed. But then it was like, the, yeah. No, it was the very next day. So, that so you we were, were over, and, we, and and he was like, "Dude, you haven't changed your clocks yet. What's going on?" And Brandon was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I, I, yeah. I'll get to it at some that's, point." That it's way too much overhead. So then the next. The next night we're over, hanging out, talking, you know, having some drinks, whatever. And in my mind, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the yeah, it's only clock, 9 p.m. Minusing yeah. an hour, because then it's, the, the, and all of a sudden, what time was it even? It was like, it was 11 on the. It was like. No, it was, no, it was one p. It was 1 p.m. Actually, 1 a.m. Yes, one it was a. 1 a.m. in the morning, and I was already like, oh my gosh, I have to get up at 5. And it's like, it's midnight. And it, she's thinking, of course, you know. Yeah, it's like, I yeah. guess so it's, it's I've got really like five late, hours. But, you know, hey, it's it's not pretty a, late, but, you know, a couple, extra cup of coffee in the morning, whatever. It's one o'clock in the morning, I find out, because he changed his clock. So she looked, she so like, so I, I looked was at it. She was looking, an she was, hour. <laughs> she was looking at it and she was like, hey, you know, like, oh, you know, I have to give it a five. And I was like, yeah, so I. It is. It's one I o'clock in the morning. My I had, and she was like, "Are you?" I had an absolute me? meltdown. I was so like, mad. I have to go. I have, I have to go. go. I have to go. What? Are you kidding me? It's so late right now. I get up. I'm getting up so early. Oh my god! I'm so terrible. This is terrible. I was so mad. No. But it was literally the next night. Wasn't even Namaste. Fair. Namaste. To say, fair. Well, one more story, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, basically. Yes. It's typical. <laughs> yes. Typical. By the way, that, that's gonna be my tagline at my funeral. <laughs> one more story, and I'll let you go. Now he's gone. <laughs> Let's all drink. Some makers. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. All right, we're back. I don't right. know to what. I think we're back to transformation and how Dojo might actually help transformation. Oh, transformation is one of our favorite sponsors of all time. Quote unquote transformation. Transformation. Mm-hmm. I don't even when know. You do you, like, do you know you what that like means? Have something that sounds like it's changing, but it's actually not. That's. I think that was one makes of you feel good. Yeah, right. it makes you feel right. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right up there with MVP. So let's talk about actual transformation, like yeah. real transformation, yeah, yeah, yeah. not not layoff transformation, not we're gonna lip service transformation, not we're gonna change the titles or mm-hmm. you know just just shift around the way that we talk about things, mm-hmm. but but actual transformation. Yeah, and that's a, you know so Jessica, that's a really good point in terms of a lot of times that we we run into. Engaging with clients, we have this concept of saying, you have this, we've talked about management debt, we've talked about the debt that you have from, you know, how you've been doing things in the past. How do we change that, right? And that's where I think transformation is a word actually does have some gravitas. See, like, so Greg, in our transformation podcast, we had this whole thing of like the, you know, the, the, um, the butterfly and all that kind of like, you're actually like changing something. But the truth is, is that, Businesses are going to want to say, well, what's my return on investment? Like, how am I actually measuring that changes actually happen? Right. And I think Dojo has an interesting opportunity to look at that in a way that, you know, whether you can talk about whether it's teams that have come through, you can talk about, I think Regender previously said, you know, when you're around teams that have gone through a Dojo, you see it. Right. Where we've had in the past where we've like coached teams and so forth and said, Hey, like they've spent some time with someone that like is really helping them understand the value of what the things that we're doing. 
they kind of get it right they kind of like you can see them as like the the light you know in the tunnel right like you can kind of see like okay this is something we're going towards but that's just like a team and you can say hey look at that team they're doing that thing and they're kind of sitting there saying okay well what does that mean for my organization right so yeah well i what i would say is transformation doesn't i mean it's a very broad description of something that doesn't necessarily it's a term that's mean used too anything. much right it's a term that's used way too often so now i would say that a lot of times transformation ends up in lines and boxes in some sort of architect's mind or some construct that is not something you can uh measure against or or you know essentially put work against what that is so i think that what dojo does is it it says let's so we talked earlier about breaking big problems down into their smallest parts and so even as just human beings in your own life if you can break a problem down into its smallest parts you can always figure it out one way or another it doesn't mean that your the conclusion is going to end up where you thought it was going to but you can always do that and i think when you use the word transformation it's so broad and it's not understandable so the dojo, what the dojo does is says, we're going to take a problem and we're going to break it down to this two and a half day, it, whether it's two and a half days or four days or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We're going to try to understand the problem and solve to the problem, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's this, the problem with transformation is it's so broad and it's enterprise and nobody can understand or comprehend or execute against it. I mean, would you agree? So are, are you saying that the transformation is it starts with one team at a time? Is that a is that a grassroots approach? I think it's I think it's first of all understanding what the problem is, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is kind of a product management. Oh dear, did I just mention product management yeah, once surprise, again surprise. on our yeah. podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's executing against it because if you can't if you don't know what the problem you're trying to solve is, you can't you know, essentially apply the resources or people. Resources. Yeah. Yes. Edit that out. Yeah. Edit that out. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Coughing. Coughing. <laughs> pause. <laughs> coughing. Pause. <laughs> pause more. Pause more. <laughs> coughing. Go. So for me, kind of the interesting part of this is because I've had a struggle. So when we were doing our podcast last year, I kind of had the struggle of the concept of is it top down or a bottom up? approach to transformation which one's more effective right or middle don't no and that's the, but there's something to that but i i would i think you probably for all the people of the you know now we're now like 40 listeners or maybe 50 listeners right they 50, probably 55 but yeah they probably have looked at me and said okay this is a bottom-up person and i i think there's something to that where i'm kind of like if you can't solve the problems in terms of actual delivery then you can do top down all you want and then you can't really get the stuff out because you can say we have all the people in the top that are beginning stuff to them the right way. But if we don't have the situation where the teams are actually able to deliver, top down doesn't work. But I will also say from the other side of it is, and this is where a lot of people, when they talk about transformation, they talk about how do we look at where are the failings of transformation? You know, you listen to our podcast in the past year. A lot of the people that are a lot smarter than me will say, well, leadership doesn't buy into it. You know, you're not going to transform anything because you may have teams that are like they're just dying to deliver stuff. But 
the top down, the, the, the people that are making a decision, the vision, and they're trying to say this with our product is and so forth, they're not actually coming into and saying, yeah, we're still doing what we did before, but we're calling it agile because we have an agile tool and like the teams, you know, you guys, yeah, you seem like you get it, but you're doing it. Something. And so that I've had that conflict. So when I was listening to the podcast from last year, I kind of went back and forth. I really did kind of like, hey, there's some really interesting points from both sides. But for me, the concept of a dojo as a transformation of ag agent is it doesn't have to be just one team, one room. It doesn't just have to be the stereotypical development team that is delivering. It is a change agent for how do we really look at how we're trying to change the way that we work? And how do we do that? We do that in hyper experimental ways of doing things. Right. So here's what I'm going to say, Brandon. And safe. I, I would like hyper. Yeah. Both. In a, in a, in a what what sort of safe though, Jess? Not, I mean, you're not 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 safe safe. Not dude. safe safe, but like in a safe like in a safe environment, okay. like a uh, a space that's where you feel like you can. So let me let me just. Sorry. I'll pose no. I'll pose a question. Don't talk over Greg, you, Jess. That's really that's, rude. How dare you? <laughs> Let's put. Let me pose a question. So we talk about transformation. So transformation can happen two and a half days at a time, over a period of six weeks, over a period of eight weeks, or nine weeks, over a year. What happens? What happens after nine weeks? What happens after three months or six months after the teams go back into their environments? Does tra is transformation just the seed that happens? Because I think two and a half days is a pretty radical concept mm -hmm. to start transformation. Mm -hmm. And then you build on that and you do two weeks and then you, and then you have this post-implementation phase as well. Because if we're going to go back to the sad metaphor that I use with the butterfly thing yeah. no, it was actually with Shyla. Good. It was good. It's like it, it takes a long time for this thing to develop. And so it's not just six weeks or two and a half days, but you have to start somewhere to have transformation. And so I would like to, for the people who do it on a day-to-day -day basis, hear what you think about is transformation, does it occur better on a two, you know, two and a half day to six week to eight week to post trend, to, you know, the post implementation, is that a better way to do it? Or is it, is it flawed because, Oh, we're going to just going to go through this whole dojo thing. And then in nine months, they're just going to forget everything they knew because their environment's so poisonous that they're just going to go back to doing what they did before. I think it goes back to Regina, are you talking about them being a change agent? Mm -hmm. So they've had this experience and the, the really interesting thing that I found <clears throat> two teams ago, I had a group that came in that said two and a half days is never going to work. Da, 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 like we're, it's the, we we're can't special. do it. We can't do it. We can't, we're, we're special. We can't happen. When they left the dojo, they said, we're keeping two and a half day sprints. And, and, and with part of the dojo experience is having a one week check-in with, with the, with some of the some of the group of the team and then a one month check-in a three month check-in and a six month check-in and how are you doing and what's going on what, like what's happening and, and and we can do some measurements but we can also have some really good conversations around stuff and they're they truly turn out to be change agents within the groups that they're in and 
they come up with more stuff that they're doing that's even more interesting than what we were doing in the dojo. Like they are, they're, that is, they are the seeds of transformation that sprout into just some crazy cool stuff that doesn't. God, I love it. Well, anyway, now I'm going to cry. Yeah. Now I'm going to cry hearing yeah. you. It's so rad. I mean, yeah. it is, it's like every time, it's magical. Mm-hmm. It's friggin' magical. Like there's, there's nothing else. I, when I get to see this stuff and watch these teams just like go and so, just go. So just it's let, cool. Let, let, it's so, freaking cool. So and it costs no extra no, money. No, because they're actually doing no. actual work. No. But, but, but I want to do an important thing to, to both Regender and Jess, which is we try to, you know, this whole concept of celebrating wins and so forth, like and celebrating like the progress that teams have made. We try and do that, I think, when in the dojo concept is like it's two and a half days. You're celebrating things pretty quickly in terms of things moving across the board. But let's talk about the end of the dojo cycle, right? which is this concept of a quote-unquote graduation, mm-hmm. right? Coming you, back to transformation, right? Right. I mean, it's literally like, let's let's self-examine. We had a charter. We have the things. We're going to do this progress, and we're going to, like, sell these things. But when you get to the graduation, I think, Jess, I think you have some, like... Do I have a stupid grin on my face do. right now? You do. Because <laughs> it is <laughs> you do. the coolest thing. Right. I mean, I think that, you know, so I, I don't want to take too much fire away from it, but, like, I think... It would be really interesting to hear from both of you, but just first, then maybe gender in terms of what that means in terms of what's real transformation, right? What is real transformation in terms of not from a we're doing work and we're doing things more efficiently. What is a true transformation? It's not utilization reports. It is what it is. It's about changing human brains. Yes, 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 yes. Go, go, go. It is the coolest thing to watch a team go from being like, you know, developers Their that don't have axions they, they are they don't like have, really sparking. Shut like, up oh, right now! I love you. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm super pumped about this. No, watching a team go from being like, all right, we're told what to do, and here's what we do, and then like they just give us like here's the thing that we do to like, okay, so we, okay, so we actually we have we have we're we're participating in this, and we. We own part of this, and there's something here, and then and and to watch them grow through that, to truly owning the work that they're doing, and and being a part of a really incredible team, which they weren't talking to each other. I mean, like, you start with a team that doesn't talk, right. and six weeks later, they are literally designing how they're going to do the work that they're doing and and coming up with new and innovative ideas of doing stuff and like excited about it and pumped up about it and freaking going after it and and exceeding every expectation and not because it's not because somebody's telling them to do it but because they want to and they're excited about it and because they feel like there's value to what they're doing and that they are that they're doing it for each other both it's both and no no and (laughs) and to give them the power to have a voice. These are really smart people. Mm-hmm. And they're really interesting and creative people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and creative, to allow yeah. them to have that, to give them back that power mm-hmm. is a friggin'. Or to enlighten, 
to enlight that, to ignite that power in them because they might not have known they had that before. Yes. Right? They, it might have been all prescriptive. Because they're just, they're just all working, you know? And so maybe that's also part of and it. And that part, that part, that is the incredible, beautiful thing that happens when, when it happens in the dojo. And then, and then they get to go back out into the world and send that out elsewhere. Yeah. And that just brilliant light of we we can do this and we can do this together is an incredible incredible experience to see and to yeah. watch and to be a part of Cause it, cause it's, and to participate it's in one, it's one thing if you're talking about people that are in the traditional sense creative like you know hey i'm kind of like doing all this stuff but you're talking about developers so i'm going to pass it off to regenda here in a second right we're talking about people that and i think Jess, you and I have had this experience where we're dealing with people that they're naysayers. They Heck are, yeah. They, they no, are, they're, they are, they are people. There are people that like, you know, we we take them through the six weeks and through the fifth week, they're still like fighting against this, right? They're For still sure. pushing against and saying, I'm going to challenge this. I'm going to challenge that. Because the first thing that we worked on, like you were kind of around one, I was working mm-hmm. with them. And there's this one guy that brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So developer, smart. So smart. And he was just, he was challenging everything that we're, we were pushing and they were doing this. And he was like, he was pushing against us. <laughs> this all, is dumb, except yeah, I'm going to super participate. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like oh, I don't really want to write this story. Like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. Like, this doesn't make, and like for the full, like five weeks into the six week, right? He was just, he was like, I don't, you know, but he was newer to the team that we were dealing with. And he was just one of those, like, kind of like the, she's really one of those ones that was the contrarian pushing against everything but he was the one that when it came to the graduation was exactly kind of that thing where he was the one that volunteered it's like i want to come up and talk the testimony right yes it's that and that's a it, it's an interesting word yeah. but it's it's you the, the thing i love about the graduation is and i've been there from the beginning and our gender can you know like chime in on this but that that ceremony of graduation the people who didn't want to go into the dojo, the teams that didn't want it for whatever fears or whatever it is. And when they come out and you say, if does anybody want to say anything? And you think, you know, nobody, they're not going to. De- developers don't want to talk about their feelings. I don't want to talk. Why are you talking right? to me? Why are you forcing me to but do But what's this? crazy is that they all get up. Every one of them, every single person gets up and says, not only did this change my work, perspective it changed my whole outlook on how i solve problems with life yes right that's true yep. so that yes. do you agree yes so yes. that that's goes back to what's transformation yes yes right yes. 100%. so touching We're high fives everywhere around this, the <laughs> Apollo right now people's lives yeah. in a way that where they never imagined that that they could they could do this like it's not unleashing the wise. potential of individuals yes mm-hmm. and unleashing the creativity of organization yeah. right mm-hmm. like you could like the people who I, i'm more happy when i feel like w- when somebody calls me and said hey you know what i remember you for pushing me for this or mm-hmm. helping me go through this right like this just past week i i was talking to a developer just observing him, I've never had a night, never knew that how many Amazon Web Services certifications he had. I had no clue. And we we walked into this 
we had a mobbing session. End of it, I'm like, I pull him aside. Say, hey, I had no idea that you know this so much stuff. It's like, well, I've been I've been the certified architect and I'm this and this this this. So, but you actually provided me an environment to actually shine and rise. Mm-hmm. Shine and rise. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that's the power of dojo. It it unlocks and unleashes the potential it does. of it individual. It the empower the the power of the people. Individuals mm-hmm. and yes. the teams, yes. right? Yes. 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 And the transformation can happen once they go graduate from the dojo. If you can keep them as a team, yeah. right? Keep the teams, persistent teams. Yeah, yeah. If you don't persistent. break them apart, yeah. right? They're going to be the team that's going to influence the train that they're part of and the train influencing the value stream and then influencing the organization. The greatest compliment I ever got, and it was only because I got the chance to be an agile coach in the dojo. Only The, the only reason was the end of the dojo, one of one of the developers who was silent the first two or three weeks mm-hmm. maybe in the dojo. When we when we went through our exit yeah. plan and how are you gonna go bring this back into the world that you live in, said we all hear this word empowerment. Mm-hmm. And frankly mm-hmm. consider it a it's lip service, it's right? Transformation, you're, you're, it's yeah, it's transformation. It's, it's empowerment. MVP, it's it's like, yeah. synergy. Let's synergy, let's add yeah, another yeah, word to yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. But you, but we actually figured out that we are empowered, mm-hmm. and what that actually means, and what our how our voice can be used mm-hmm. in the dojo. We we figured out how we are empowered, and that's really important. And I, I thought lost it. Like I mean, I tried to yeah. keep it together, and I was like, no, yeah. oh, I mean, so greatest day of my life. But yeah. The, yeah. that, that's it. This dojo concept is the most important and true way to change how companies do their work. But dojo is not training, and I think yes. that's the one right. thing that we have to make sure that we don't. Yeah. There's a difference. Training is training. Mm-hmm. Dojo it has is its a place. It, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But dojo is specialized, and well, dojo. So there's training is skills. Yes. Dojo is teams, which is what Regender was talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you can enable a team in what you just uh, talked about, that so, so train. You know, technical training is one thing, but. The, the, the dojo really is about building successful teams, right? Building and yeah. it's building that's, really the, like that's, the, really yeah. Yeah. that's really hard. That's really hard to do. It's really it's yeah. what you it, said, it, Regina. Yeah, right? it's an it's an environment to unleash individuals and teams, their their potential. Shine and rise. You said it. Like I like that's like I'm, I never I like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's through immersive learning in a place that's specific to that immersive rise learning, right? And true transformation is going to come from empowering anyone at any level of the work that we're doing, right? And that's why I wanted to kind of like finish up with like the whole concept of the graduation because 
we, we talk about sending them back into the wild and all this kind of stuff and their change agents and so forth. I think that's where a thing like Dojo still has an opportunity to... Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm assuming that most of our listeners don't know what back into the wild means. That means like we... Yeah. Well, they, they, they're done their six weeks. Right. Right. So then and so now... They, so they, and, they're, and they're in their space because the Dojo is a space. And so now they have to go back to whether it's their cubicles or whether it's their cubicle space or whatever it is. They have to go back into that area, and they, they're going to be changing for a while, but the truth is they may still be bucking against the system. We well, have. Yeah. It's an interesting mind shift. Yeah. Because you have team mind shift, or you have portfolio mind shift. Or you bring trains into the entire have, thing. Like, I mean, there's, I mean there's, you don't have enterprise mind shift. Right. Right. But you that's have, a better way to put it is enterprise mind shift. Right. And that's that's a hard thing to do. But right. if you if we go back to the very beginning and say, let's start with one team, one room. One room. Right. Let's start the transformation there. Because the transformation mm-hmm. enterprise level never does it has it ever worked? Well, so, so we, great. Have, yeah. So have we ever ta- right. so have we talked about this for gender? That the, the you know, fifteen years we've worked together, the Replatforming never works. It's refactoring, refactoring, mm-hmm. refactoring, refactoring. Oh, so that's how you, right? That's how you get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what this two and a half day hyper sprint thing is really about is refactoring, right? But it's refactoring people and teams versus software, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I don't know how you feel about what I just said. But. No, I, I, I love it. I love the, the, the technical acumen around the people stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. changing one team at a time and building that confidence into the team. And it's, it's about, I think it's, it's the planting the seeds mm-hmm. for the transformation. I look at Dojo as planting the seeds for transformation. Mm-hmm. Whatever level of the teams that come through the Dojo, they are truly transformed. They, they, we could actually point to that and say they are transformed, whether it's the graduation, whether it's seeing them, how they approach their work, experimenting, changing, learning, the way they talk to each other. The way they talk to each other, growing. And, you know, for the, as I, I, was, I was talking to Jess, because I know a specific person we have in mind, was this particular developer that he is your traditional creative problem solver, but he's tired of everyone. He doesn't understand why people don't understand him. Don't understand why they can't. So he's a good developer. Basically. Yes, exactly. And he is a very Super good developer. Super good developer. Yeah, right? Yeah. But... For him to come up at the end to say, this has changed the way my entire crew. He's, he was literally like one of those people that is like, I'm going to be the most difficult because yeah. I'm the smartest one here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. I know all your tricks, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> I know everything that you're trying to do with mm-hmm. your agile nonsense. Right. And then at the end, he he came up. He he was the one that came up. Talking he he volunteered. He people. volunteered himself. I didn't want to learn anything. Son, son of a bitch, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's so that's 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 all you can really hope. And for. also, our team's better for it. Yeah. And. Uh, Damn it! And you know, I'm really to, glad I here, was here. You know, by the way, to Damn round it. this out, here's what I would like to say: this small team of. In Apollo thirteen, yeah, the the passion that just showed because mm-hmm. I know Regender, we've been doing this for a long time, but the passion that that right. just showed, I I, I'm telling you, I appreciate it so much. 
it was worth staying up all night doing this thing mm-hmm. just to see you really carry the torch and understand it because it's not it's not an easy thing to understand. It's a hard thing to con to, to converse about, and and I think that the fact that you have this the passion, I'm gonna be calling you to help me you know in our future endeavors because i just really appreciate that i mean would you agree Virginia? i totally i think you can retire now <laughs> <laughs> that's right just put on a funny face oh jesus Please, you no. really have to like no. beat a dead no with the monkey, monkey. thing no. like that's you have to beat a dead monkey like uh, seriously <laughs> but no seriously uh, i think that this is one of my favorite podcasts so far Honestly, because we've talked, we've kind of like poked holes in a lot of things that mm-hmm. we've seen. And, uh, you know, it's honestly, interesting enough, it's been the one that Jenner and uh, a couple other people have been on. There's like, how are we really changing how we're doing things? And we were poking holes in the whole pair programming when we talked to you. Oh, yeah. I uh, still remember we that. Yeah, we were trying yeah. to get, how do we get the rock star developers and the business people on board? Right, and it, don't you know, point at me, Regender. He totally pointed at me. Did you see that? That's but, the, I mean, that guy. I think you this, know that this guy. This is going to be our theme for this year because I think that's the feedback that we got, which is, yeah, it's really easy for you guys to poke holes and stuff, and like to to talk about, oh, this could work or this could work, and this is how things that we're going to do. But the truth is, this year, we're going to talk about solutions. We're going to talk about, all right, here's the new way that we're going to look at things, and we're going to bring on people like Regender and Jess and Greg and other people and Steve. And we're going to say, okay, we've identified some things that, you know, are, are you know, easy to poke holes in. How are we going to solve those problems? How are we going to go forward this year as a podcast and say, all right, let's, let's figure out some solutions. <coughs> and cough. Bless you. And I would like to say the, my favorite good. phrase out of this, this, I, 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 I would say this is my favorite one as well. Yeah. By the way, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> but my favorite Being phrase horse, is "fascinated by your failures." Like I literally think <laughs> you could write a whole book if that's if you didn't steal that from somebody. That is the best thing I've heard. No, that's in a my million years. favorite part. I love it. I love it. It's so Are good. Are you kidding? It's yeah. so good. All right. So thank you everyone for listening in. Great to be back this year. Sorry we didn't get back to you earlier, but uh, as always, please send feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. Uh, you can also, uh, we didn't have a lot of rants because we're doing the positive side, but you can still uh, send emails to rants at agileafterdark.com as well. And uh, we'll, we'll take the input from the rants and we'll like turn it into how are we going to like solve those rants. And we're going to launch a new website too. Right, I mean, essentially, we're gonna have some new episodes. Yeah, yeah, but we're, we're gonna, gonna redo. We're gonna make it so you can download it. We're gonna make it a lot easier for you guys, for all those uh, consultants that we love, to be able to get on a plane and download things. Uh, we're gonna make that happen for you. So thanks for your patience on that, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. Ready? All right. It. it creates links between the neurons to steadily strengthen, right? So it allows glial cells, is what it's called, uh, which are non-nerve cells that make up 85% of the cells in the brain. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's what all our listeners are thinking <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> better uh, insulate axions, which are the long, tail-like extension neurons that conduct electric
<laughs> okay, what? <laughs> that was her gender snoring, by the right. way. Right. So the important part of this is Great. is that even yeah. even after the development part of the brain, like when the development years of the brain. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous life ever. So we basically learn over time that uh, I'm waiting for the old mama. Old mama's oh, coming. We're get there. <laughs> the important part the of this story is the best trick ever. I love that. The best. I was going. I was going exactly right there. <laughs> hey, I'm. The important part of it is, is that slow and steady learning over time is actually the best way to learn, particularly for when you have a past development past like the early parts of it. So, so I'll, I'll summarize really quickly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, and I'll actually bring a t super nerd into it, Einstein. Quote, learning is experience, everything else is information. I mean, that's, like, that's the basic concept, right? Okay, do we have to go through his thing? You could have just said that. You could have interrupted him and just said that. We could have done like, that. Cyberdyne. Just, no, it, you're good. I mean, you're good. So neurons real. were super interesting, and also Einstein. 84%. 84%. Greg, just drink your monkey. Right. I wrote down monkey on my script here. With a question mark. Monkey <laughs> like, with a question mark. What is a monkey thing? <laughs>